You're listening to Yo! and Underlords Podcast. Brought to you by YetiArcade.com. Yo! 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 Level up your game by getting the latest news, reviews, and strategy to help you in your quest to becoming a Lord of the White Spire. And now your hosts. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 7 of Yo! An Underlords podcast brought to you by YetiArcade.com. Today is Tuesday, October 1st of 2019. And here in Kansas City, I'm your host, J.R. Cook. And I'm joined by my normal uh, podcasting crew that's been with me every week. So coming all the way from... I'll start with I'll start with Mr. Amish Country, Indiana there. Big time contract, Willie. How's it going? <laughs> What's up? Excited for today's episode. I'm particularly interested in uh, what Charlie has to say. Uh, speaking of Charlie, buddy, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Just, uh, yeah, uh, ready to talk about this new patch that hit. It's been, uh, they've been doing a lot of tweaking over the past few weeks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this was a pretty big one. Yeah. So, Charlie, what have what have you been up to, man? Um, I've been trying to get as many games in as I can. Um, I, you know, uh, this isn't the only game I play, so I have been uh, sucked into various other what? games. No, what, stop right here. Stop, stop, oh, yeah. stop. How, what do you mean this is not the only game that you play? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've shattered the illusion of it, our listeners. Um, <laughs> K-Fave is broken I, once again. I'm sorry to say you are now kicked off the show. Damn it. Oh. I tried. Yeah. I tried. All right. It's been a good run. Hey, yeah. What? Six episodes and like two minutes in this one. Yeah, not bad. Six point one episodes. <laughs> so so, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was a certain big expansion for a certain big card game that came out over the weekend. So I did play that a lot. But I did get a chance to jump into this meta and play. Um, I am very much enjoying Six Warrior right now. Uh, it's kind of all I want to play. But I actually think uh, everything's pretty healthy right now. A lot of the alliances are in a very good place, yeah. and they brought up some of the lesser units. Uh. And this big patch kind of it, it balanced a lot of things that weren't balanced just by um, by way of getting rid of some major aspects of the game. So, yeah. uh, I, I think it's in a pretty good place. I hope it stays this way for a little bit, though, right now, because it feels like you it's really on the player to uh, evaluate what are their best options and uh, make sure that they make the right choices to give them the best chance to win. Yeah, I'm very interested in hearing what you guys have to say about how the new patch is playing and and your experiences so far because I have not had a chance to play the new patch. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, we, we were lucky to even do a show this week uh, just to be completely <laughs> transparent to everybody. Like We ended yeah. up delaying it for two days because uh, just real-life news, I, I have not had a day off work since like the beginning of September. So um, yeah. things yeah, are calming good. down very soon. Probably in the next week. I think I said that last week too. Yeah, you said that the week before too. I but did. We'll, it, it's, I think eventually it'll be true. It will That's eventually like be this. true. It will eventually be true. Um, <laughs> just a lot of crap hit the fan, and uh, I've been playing firefighter basically. Um, so you know, you know, good times there. But um, no, I, I, it, you know, I just haven't had a chance to play this patch. I did get a play a little bit before that patch hit. And I was and I was doing extremely well also with Warrior, by the way. So the fact that Warrior is still good gives me hope that I don't have yeah. to change my play style a lot from when I played last time. 
Um, I did move up to boss rank three in the Ooh, process. Nice. So I did go from one to three in the little amount of time I got to play. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm pretty excited to play a little bit. In fact, I have the day off tomorrow, so I'm probably going to play tomorrow. So I'm excited to try that. Try this new patch out and see what happens. Um, but Willie... update drops tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. It's going to be like the chicken meta all over again where I just completely miss it. <laughs> but Willie... Well, how about you, man? What what have you been up to? Uh, well, we were supposed to start UPL Season 3 uh, Saturday. Uh, that didn't happen. Discord decided to crap the bed, and our entire, all of our bots used Discord. And so with with Discord being down, like, we couldn't run our tournament. So we postponed the start of Season 3 to this coming Saturday, starting at 1 p.m. We've already filled up. Wow, like that was wild. We we have 128 players already registered for this tournament. I had my phone by me when you guys went live. I was like, registration's now open. Then I feel like my phone buzzed like 10 seconds later. It was like, all right, guys, well, we're full. Well, what what had happened was we had we decided to give everyone who actually checked into the tournament like like way early first crack at at registering because that that wasn't fair. They those guys waited for like an hour as we were trying to get the bots working again so um uh, it, i mean it, it might be the numbers might be slightly like tilted but still like everyone wanted to come back and then so, yeah so um that was nice and i've just been dealing with like a lot of sponsorship stuff here recently i've been firing emails off to people who've been wanting to pres- uh, possibly sponsor the tournament and hey if you're listening to this and you want to you want to help <laughs> UPL grow get bigger you know send send me an email um but in terms of games like we I got I got real lucky and I got into a uh, Lords of the White Spire lobby um that we decided to just throw out there once we canceled the tournament and I didn't do bad I mean I wasn't winning but I definitely wasn't going out first so that was like a really nice confidence boost yeah for me yeah. like I'm not stupid at this game. I just act stupid. <laughs> I love my memes and it, it to very much to my detriment. But like if I if I sit down and take the take the game seriously, it does seem like I can kind of hold my own against like really good top tier players. So awesome. And uh, cool another thing that you did this week, Willie, is you set up our Discord channel. I did. You did. We have a Discord. We have a Discord, and right now there's three people in it. And it's us. Um, but, <laughs> but however, um, watch Twitter. Watch our Twitter accounts. Uh, we will be tweeting out um, the invite links there. And then I'm hoping. So I just kind of knew about this. Like, right. I knew about it a while. Like, you did it earlier this week or, or like last week or something like that. And then I forgot to join it. So I just joined it like 10 minutes ago. Now I'm like, hey, how do we uh, how do we create a vanity URL for this? And I spent two minutes trying to figure that out. And I'm like, okay, so next week's show, I will have a vanity URL so we can actually like give discord.gg and then whatever the name of it is um, or something like that. We'll, we'll get that out there and give you a name so you can join easier than that. But for now, just watch Twitter. We'll have a, a an invite link there. And, um, and, and next week, I'll have a better way for you to join. So it, it's, it's baby steps. We went from yep. two weeks of talking about a Discord channel to now we have a Discord channel to next week mm-hmm. I'll have an easier way for you to join the Discord channel. Progress. Yeah. We're hoping and, by 2021 to have a fully functioning Discord channel. Yeah, I might, m- maybe 
maybe by then we'll have um uh your mom or someone join. So um then we'll I'll have then we'll have four then we'll have four people in here. That's true. Yeah. That will be nice. Yeah. She doesn't really play though. She just likes the memes. Well, I mean <laughs> she'll fit in. Yeah. So that's true. <laughs> but anyway, we did have uh some news to talk about, so we should probably do that. This week in Dota Underlords. So as tradition, we have a new patch. <laughs> so if you we've had a patch for every show, episode, right? yeah, yeah, we have. Like, so if you've listened to last week's episode, all that not per, not most of it's irrelevant at this point. Well, I'd say I'd say sixty percent of it's irrelevant. Yeah, and that's usually the case every single week that you listen to the show because they put out a new update and they change everything on you. So anyway, <laughs> I I I am agreeing that they do need to slow down the updates at some point. I think they will. Well. well uh, so even oh, before yeah. we get into this update, even before we get into this update, I'm going to say something. It is October 1st, guys. It's October. Mm-hmm. It is officially October. We are probably Where's two, the weeks, patch, two or three weeks away from the big patch, yeah. I would say. We are officially in the month that the big patch is going to hit and be on our way towards this game actually releasing. Um, yeah. Well, really once I know what Underlords are, I feel like this is yeah. going to really uh, kick off. So yeah, I'm not... I'm not planning on doing anything the day Underlords drops. That's all I'm going to do is just I'm going to grind that out as hard as possible and get a good feel. I'm I'm so pumped for it. Yeah. We don't even know what it is. <laughs> I'm still pumped for it. Still very pumped. Still excited. Yeah. Uh, well, because it's going to separate Underlords completely from the other the other auto battlers, you know? Right. Yeah. Like it, it it's it's going to be head and shoulders different than like uh uh, auto chest or TFT. Like I, I, I'm excited to see how they, 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 where they run with this. They have a long ways to go to catch up with that, but um, we, oh we'll God. talk about that later in the show because we have, we have some talking points on that later, I believe. Um, so about this update, uh, this dropped on September 26th, which was what, uh, Saturday, uh, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, I, am, I was looking at October Thursday. Thursday. So they dropped on Thursday. Um, and it's titled, We're Liking This Update. Mm-hmm. L-Y-C-A-N. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm liking it too. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you want to start with? General hero changes? Which which ones do you guys want to? You just want to go down the list? I mean, the top general one. Yeah, we can just go. The top general one is probably one of the more important things that right. happened, though. All right. So this is the one that I talked about last week um, that, that I said, hey, this fix is probably coming, so you might want to play your Slarks and Crystal Maidens while you can uh, because this has been a bug long time in the game. So this fixed a long-standing issue where passive abilities, uh, accepting Dragon Special abilities and Sand King's Caustic Finale, uh, use stats from one rank higher. For example, Crystal, crystal Maiden 2-star using Crystal Maiden's 3-stars values. Um, and some units got a buff to compensate, and we'll be monitoring the others. So, Charlie, why is this such a big deal? Well, prior to this, as it's shown in the example, a two-star crystal main was actually using the passive ability with a three-stars um, value in 
effectiveness. So yeah. a lot of two star units that had passive abilities, they're they're actually very bloated and how how strong they were. And there's uh, no reason to rank them up uh, to three stars. Yeah, and and in certain cases, like in Crystal Maiden, it was almost better to have two uh, two stars than right. it would be to have one yep. three star because you'd get double the three star value that way. Um, on the passive anyways but yeah this uh this basically brought a lot of units um well i won't say a lot because i think uh probably the one i've noticed the most that this has affected has been slark yep i don't know about you guys but it feels like two star slark is a lot weaker than he used to be agree uh everyone else probably still in line um it's uh it doesn't seem like crystal maiden's fallen off at all She's still very used and very important in the mage comp. So um, Drow still dr does what Drow does. Drow's actually kind of a better unit, I'd say, because uh, of the little buffs they gave him that we'll touch on. But yeah, um, there's a few more I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. But for the most part, it, it was a change that uh, definitely needed to happen. Right. Uh, because it was a bug, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, it was a pretty big but, bug. Um, yeah. Yeah. And people who didn't know about it were at a real disadvantage as yep. well. Yeah. It was one of those bugs that had been around for a long time. Um, and then, uh, not a lot of people talked about it. Um, yeah. and in fact, by the time I heard about it, I, there, there, I don't think there was very many people that knew about it either. Uh, but everybody that I talked to that had known about it were like, yeah, this has been a bug for months. Like it's yeah. been a bug for a long time in the game. Yeah. It was just kind of how you evaluated the characters generally at that point. You didn't even think of it like a bug. <laughs> right. Um. So. So yeah. Uh. Good to see that changed. Um. A few bots had their electronic brains unscrewed, tweaked, and reattached. Um. Because that's what you do with bots. Uh. Yeah. Added some new animations for benched units. Uh. When under unit cap. Uh. Fixed an issue where tiny quantities of damage could generate either too little or too much mana. Uh. Like warlock casting shadow word would cause this. Um. Fixed a visual. Only issue where Lena and Crystal Maiden would return from the dead at the end of combat. I'm sad that they fixed that, but also <laughs> it always confused me when it happened. I'm like, what <laughs> was that unit there the entire time? It was just invisible. I don't understand. <laughs> it, yeah, it was actually a barricade. <laughs> um, with most summons uh, removed, see below. Uh, remove the summoning stone item. Yep. Rip, no more summoning stone. No more summoning stone. Um, and units killing themselves no longer get those kills scored. Sorry, barricades. So, bummer. Running barricades. Yep. Uh, so, two big issues. You know, the one that we talked about, and then, of course, the removal of summoning stone because of the drastic changes that they did to some of the heroes. Um, losing summoning stone's yep. a pretty dang big deal, too. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, summons are basically out of the game. The only real summons left are primordial, primordial alliance balance uh, alliance bonus. So there's really nothing else summons a unit anymore outside of, I guess, tombstone. Right. Yeah. Lone druid. Lone I guess druid yeah, he summons his one. Yeah, he summons his bear. Yeah. I always think of the bear as the main unit in, <laughs> in that pairing. Because the. But that's actually completely equivalent with Dota 2 because me, uh, the the bear is. I had to catch myself there. The bear is the main unit, effectively. Like that's mm. where you put all your items on in Dota. You put it on the bear. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so going down the hero changes here. So uh, axe armor changed from five to five, ten, fifteen. So <laughs> axe now scales armor wise. So good. Um, and his maximum health was changed from 700, 1400, 2800 
to 805, 1610, and 3220. So not only has he gotten his armor change, he's gotten more health. He's a beefier X. I, I yeah. really need to find that you you like it video that that meme where they put uh with that dancing guy in the the American thong or whatever I forget it. it it's a weird video but like someone did an axe version of it and it's I feel like this is where you we would we would have to play that if we were doing a, a video <laughs> all right like this is so this is so good axe is so good now yeah um go ahead. Oh, I was, I'm just agreeing. Yeah, it's just a flat increase all the way across the board. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you're in six warrior now, Axe has 35 armor at as a uh, three star, which is just insane. Um, put a blade mail on him and watch him do work for you. He's great. No longer blade fail. Just yeah, blade no, mail. it never really was. That was just a <laughs> a bad judgment on my part. Don't listen to Charlie. Got it. The, the um, week prior. Yeah. <laughs> um that was, so that was mean. I know. I'm sorry, Charlie. I'm just gonna try to move on. <laughs> um I kinda wanted to talk about this a little bit more. Can we talk about it? Yeah. The uh, axe changes. <laughs> okay. <He's> so <laughs> uh so disruptor, um uh static storm fix an issue where total damage dealt could be wrong. Uh, no longer gives units in the storm a missed chance. Yeah, not much. More of a kind of um, how they want it. The uh, Not so much a balance change as it is a functionality change on what they envisioned right. for static storm is what it yep. sounds like. Yep. Uh, um, I haven't really noticed a difference. Disruptor still seems as strong before yeah. as he was before. Yep. Uh, Dragon Knight, uh, Elder Dragon form, fixed cohesive breath not working. Uh, incorrectly had a duration of zero. Um, so this is just a bug fix for Dragon Knight. Um, yeah. Drow Ranger uh, attack rate changed from 0.769 to 0.833. Yep. You know, uh, I love these. I love some of these numbers. Um, attack damage minimum changed from 4590 180 uh, to 56112225. Uh, attack damage maximum changed from 5100 200 62 to 50. So. Drow Ranger is now doing more damage overall. That's that's a big change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He hits a lot harder now. Yeah. Yeah, she can so, steal more kills from Brawny. Yeah. So not only <laughs> yeah. not only is, is she hitting harder, she's also hitting faster. So she's doing yeah. more DPS as well. Just I think these these changes in line, like you'd seen her use more of a heartless splash than what they've intended with her, which was supposed to be kind of the um you know the the backbone of the archer and or hunter alliance and unfortunately hunter just um it feels like it might be just a little bit behind in most of these patches um it's it seems hard to build effectively so i think this is just kind of getting hunters more towards a place where their units are trying to put out more fast damage and and little updates to drow ranger after you nerf her passive a bit were probably pretty important yeah yeah um, so probably one of the biggest changes and the change that this update was pretty much named after, uh, Lycan, uh, attack damage minimum change from 5,100 240 to 65, 133, 12 attack damage maximum change from 61, 88 to 78, 156, 375. So Lycan got a damage buff as well. And then summon wolves is now shapeshift. So no wolves are summoned. 
once again, this is, they got rid of Summoning Stone. Uh, mm -hmm. Max hit point gain changed from 30, 40, 50 to 40, 50, 60. Um, so you get those wolves are getting buffer. And critical bonus changed from 150, 175, 200 to 200, 225, 250. So they're also hitting harder. Wow. Yeah. If I, if I, if I can say something real quick. <clears throat> no. Okay. Cool. I'll say something. Okay. So if there's going to be any major changes to alliances, I think it's going to be within the Savage Alliance because a lot of the benefit came from your Savage units being able to summon, you know, Venomancer, Lycan, um, Lone Druid, uh, they all benefited from the Savage Alliance because they could produce extra sources for that alliance to proc off of. Now those are gone. So the overall effectiveness of uh, the Savage Alliance is, is actually greatly reduced. It, may, it might be the weakest alliance right now, in my opinion, just because of how hard that loss hits Savage, particularly, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so we may see think... before the big before the big update we may see a, an adjustment to either the DPS or something like that to savages. I would almost argue primordials probably got the biggest nerf and, or is yeah. worse off than savages at this point. You can make a case for that. Primordials units are a lot better though. Is the problem? Uh, I mean, mainly tiny and arc warden are the backbone of that alliance, and they're just really strong units. Yeah, Whereas savage. I mean, yeah. and, and Morphling is is obviously a, oh yeah, Morphling really great. Yeah, yeah. If and you Morphling get a two star Morphling game. early, you just keep winning in the early game. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you come a, come into turn four or five with a two star Morphling, you just have an easy walk to like a win streak until ten or twelve. It's it's. Um, uh, so I would say this was yeah. This was even though everything you just read off about Lycan sounded like it got buffed um it not having those two wolves there anymore it just seems noticeably um less impactful in the late game All right um i have been splashing him here and there when he shows up early just as a hey why not unit because he's strong kind of like the good stuff philosophy like if i don't really know what i'm doing yet a one star lycan on level like you know five can actually just help you win streak and turn battles around yeah. but as a unit and the alliances is he he's in he doesn't really make a lot of sense as a hunter um it's I guess it's cool that he gets extra melee attacks occasionally, kind of, you know, in that alliance, but he doesn't really fit the theme of it. And he's not really strong enough to be considered a frontline. None of this was a buff to his um, health, except minor. Um, he gets, you know, a little bit extra HP now when he transforms, but not, not enough to make him a full-blown tank. So I think the biggest thing with this Lycan change is it doesn't make Lycan that cool anymore. Like, it's... Yeah. I just really liked seeing him become a wolf and summon two more wolves. It was really cool. Now, now he's now he's a lone druid pet. <laughs> now he's just the one wolf. Yeah. Yeah, without an owner. Yeah. I yeah he's um I don't know uh they're gonna I think they're gonna have to take another pass at Lycan or maybe like Willie suggested because I I do agree that Savage is probably one of the worst alliances right now so. Um, it's, it, it feels like it's between Savage and Hunter for me, but yeah. And, and unfortunately Lycan falls into both of those, uh, alliances. So he's, <laughs> he's not having the best of times right now. And I, I haven't seen, I, I see two stars splashed here and there, but again, I just, I think for what each alliance is trying to do, you have better options. Yeah. Like Lycan individually is, he's, he's, he's definitely fallen off, but he's still a strong unit in the early game, but yeah, yeah, he's definitely something you're gonna want to transition away from 
unless you somehow hit gold and get him three starred or something, but like that's pretty unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and you think about it too, like the amount that of damage he gained um between three star and, and two star, it's it's not enough to justify the loss of what he used to be because it it's still fresh in our mind of having a lichen on two or three star with two summoning stones, you know, and watching right. those little things on the side just go to work and eat units alive. Now you just got your one guy and it's fine. You know, he's not it's not like he's a bum unit that you can't play or anything, but he just feels what notably it? kinda like you said, less fun and just yeah. It doesn't feel as impactful now, right? Exactly. What if he got a What if he got an attack speed increase on his shapeshift as well? That'd be fine, but I, I feel like I. I want the wolves oh, back. I want the wolves. Give me more wolves. <laughs> I don't. I don't think the summons are coming back. But if you're going to make him functional, he needs to be more tanky. I think. Um, he both alliances could use the tank. Um, Savage has tusk, but. You know, Tusk and is a good I, I unit, but he's heavily farmed right now, and he's also just like he—he he feels more like he belongs in the Warrior Alliance than he does the Savage Alliance. Um, well, I—I I don't know if they're going to change him, and 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 here's why. And you're probably not going to like my logic, but um, within Dota 2 itself, he's—he's he's definitely not a tanky guy. He—he he is your—he is your carry. Like, and I—and I'm wondering if the Underlords team is kind of applying that logic to liken within underlords because he hit like when he starts hitting when he shapeshifts he gets that crit bonus he gets that damage he hits really hard but he doesn't hit fast enough to make uh, i feel like right now he doesn't hit fast enough to make to really benefit from the changes like the critical hit bonus you know if he's still attacking the same he's still his DPS really hasn't changed that much when you factor the wolves in as well, you know? And so, it'll take a definite wolves... step back in any comp where you would have the summoning stone, which is generally the only type you would really go full bore with Lycan, right? Yeah. Hmm. Like if you grab uh, the summoning stone, you weren't you weren't really trying to three star that Lycan. You were you were trying to get the the two two star Lycans because, you know, that's four extra wolves on the field yeah i mean if their intention is to make him a carry i think he probably needs to be a little stronger then because right now he feels like one of the weaker units and two of the weakest alliances right yeah i don't know but uh, yeah, I, I mean we could see something shape out where he gets slotted in and it just perfectly fits in some kind of weird comp i see what you see uh, i see what you did there a human comp it's gonna shape Humans out for my base no. oh it's gonna shape out <laughs> oh yeah yeah i totally mm, did that on purpose yeah Totally did that on purpose. That's why you you knew exactly what I was talking about. Yep. Yep. Right. Uh. So speaking of no longer summoning, we've got nature's prophet. Uh. <laughs> attack rate change from point seven one four to point seven six nine. Uh. Maximum mana change from fifty to one hundred. Attack damage minimum change from forty five ninety one eighty to fifty six one twelve two twenty five. Uh. Attack damage maximum. Uh, 5100, 200 to 62, 125, uh, 250. Remove Nature's Call ability. Added Wrath of Nature, where Nature's Prophet zaps a target for 250, 275, 300 damage. This bounces three, four, five times across the enemies in the board, increasing damage by 10, 13, 15% per bounce. Costs 100 mana, uh, cooldown 15, 13, 11. I have not seen this in play. Oh, it's so um, good. Because I it's haven't seen so this patch good. yet, but this sounds kind of crazy. Yeah, Nature Prophet went from probably being a bottom five unit to a top ten unit. Um, yeah, it's 
it's just a very, very good all. Okay. So we had talked about a bit for Likens how, you know, the wolves hit and you felt like you really came online. They were part of, you know, you summon those two extra wolves and now it's time to go to work. The trees, every time you summoned a tree, you were just praying they did something functionally useful, maybe got in the way of a, a, yeah. a arrow or something. Yeah. The once. trees were and just like, just there. They were awful. Um, <laughs> they are just there. Just in general. Even like, even summoning stone didn't make them that good. Like Venomancer's words were just laughing at trees. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was a great change. Um, between the change to, um, to Treant Protector last uh, patch where they fixed his uh, the way his seed works and now these changes to Nature Prophet. Not only did they majorly fix the effectiveness of Druids, they brought back Elusive in a very strong way. I'm seeing a lot of six Elusive comps now um, just because off the strength of having, you know, a chain bound, uh, uh, um, a, uh, I don't want to say AOE, but like a bounce effect, you know, that gets really ramped up in damage very quickly by, you know, way of the Druid Alliance. And uh, Treant's probably just the best tank in the game, maybe? Like pure tank? I can agree. Um, I, yeah, I can, get it. I can get behind that, yeah. One of the best. Maybe not the best, but definitely one of the best. So, yeah. Um, it, overall, this was a great change for Nature's Prophet. This, this is something where, like, you take a unit that's functionally broke, you take a second pass at them, and, and you've really just kind of nailed it. Uh, I, I've seen quite a few people playing nature's profit to their delight this week uh it, it seems like everybody's pretty happy about this change as well which that's when you know you've done something right yeah i like that that lord's lobby um i got an early two-star nature's profit and i i carried pretty hard with that like it's great it, that uh, wrath nature would pop at like towards the late end of uh of a round and it would just wipe a board yeah. and then and then you get into like throwing mage in there and modifying uh, Wrath of Nature's damage further, and oh, so delicious. Yeah, he's great with Mage. Uh, he, he, you can slap an Octarine on him now. Uh, it's worth it. Bring that cooldown down to 5.5. Um, yeah. it's He's just a completely different unit now. Yeah. And uh, not to be outdone over here, Shadow Shaman's like, okay, everybody's getting these big changes. It is my time to shine. So Shadow Shaman gets attack rate change from 0.625 to 0.8. <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> I, I actually like that change. I see everyone hates Shadow Shaman, but I actually like Shadow Shaman. He's part of a physically useful alliance in uh with troll. Um and he like he has a, a, a long disable. You think that chicken is about to end, but then it doesn't. And then you're also building into a, a natural counter to assassins, which are a problem. Um, so like this just means he's gonna charge up to his maximum mana more quickly. Sure. Yeah, I yeah, get it. <laughs> I think it helps with uh brooch of aggressor and whatnot. Um yeah. I it's mean, it's still Shadow Shaman, right? Like you you've got very limited unit spots, and to have something do so little damage, uh, despite how effective it's just, it's disabled can be. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think the real problem with Shadow Shaman is that that fourth Shaman or that fourth Troll comes into play so late that you kind of are taking a flyer on a little bit of a dud compared to what everybody else is fielding in the first twenty rounds to in hopes to really come online with that shaman or troll alliance at the end. Yeah. And and really I think maybe they could fix that by making if they're gonna have like them be so top heavy, like maybe Shadow Shaman should be a tier three unit. Uh, up up its stats a bit, make it a little more effective at what it does, make it a little more rare so it's not blocking down the early game for people who really have no interest on in taking an alliance that 
you know, is that far out. That being said, Shadow Shaman can be a nice compliment to a Troll Warlord or a, um, I'm sorry, a, uh, a Bat Rider or a, uh, I did it again. Uh, the, I can't the remember. Which doctor? doctor? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I always remember it starts with a W and I always want to say Warlock. Isn't because it? he's a Warlock. A guy on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah. No. I have a theory about Shadow Shaman. Uh, uh, Willie kind of pointed at it earlier about the length of being a chicken. How that you're like, okay, this chicken's gonna end now. Nope, nope, still a chicken. Um, just like yeah, just yeah. like watching a um a, a a pot of water trying to boil, wondering, <laughs> okay, it's gonna boil. Nope, anytime you watch that chicken, it's still gonna be a chicken. You gotta look away. You gotta look away. And then it'll eventually watch not chicken become, never polymorphs. Yeah, watch chicken never turns back into my dude that I need it to be. That's true. That's a classic saying. Yeah, uh, word for word, yeah. word for word, the <laughs> saying. <laughs> Overall, I I do think Shadow Shaman probably catches some unfair uh, jokes and memes and just general, you know, yeah. like oh, it's a terrible unit. I don't think it's a terrible unit. I just think it suffers from being in a weird spot where it's like it's the support. And it comes first, and everything it's, else comes so late. It's a terrible unit based on where it's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, That's there's better choices. Anyway. There's better choices. There's a lot of better choices. A lot yeah. of more like, impactful choices, too. Like, like every choice <laughs> is a better um, choice. God, it, you know, I, I would used to throw Mr. Warlock and Nature's Prophet out there, but they're both pretty good units now, so uh, oh. it's hard. Sorry, Shadow Shaman. This was not your day to shine. Okay, so um, speaking of days to shine, Tusk, uh, maximum mana change from 100 to 60, and Walrus Punch, mana cost change from 100 to 60, cooldown change from 7 to 4. Why? I don't know. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> Tusk is so good right now just because of this change, and yeah. the previous change where he's he can't die during the animation of Walrus Punch. Now he does which, it more. Oh, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, which basically gives him a Dragon Alliance unlocked puck level of survivability almost. Like cuz mm. you see it's not it's not the same. It's slightly different. And like if he's cranking out an invincible uh an invincible move every 4 seconds, he's going to dodge some abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's helpful. I think um if it's he's a better unit uh I, I still feel like he's somebody you transition away from in either alliance that you have him, uh, whether Savage or Warrior. I mean, uh, he, he was a he was a unit that was barely better than Shadow Shaman. Yeah, but now no, so, now he's way better than Shadow Shaman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely better. Um, I just I don't I don't know. I don't think he's uh, changed enough to be considered like anything close to like a top five unit or a top 10 I mean, unit or anything. He's, he's, uh, he's still, I, I mean, with the changes to Axe, I'd still kind of rather have Axe and Tiny over Tusk, which is weird sure. to say, but it, sure. it's just. I mean, if you're going Warrior and he's a choice, that's a choice that you could take if you don't get Tiny or Axe. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Tusk is a better unit. I, I do. I think, I, I just... I think Tusk. Where Tusk's problem comes into play is he's part of the Savage Alliance. Mm-hmm. As a warrior, as a early like I, I agree. Like if you're going warrior, you probably rotate out of Tusk later on because there are better yeah. warriors down the road that you're like, all right, Tusk, you gotta go. Right. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Tusk, you're you know just not as good as Tidehunter. Right. <laughs> right. So or Doom 
or yep. Kunkka yep. or Troll Warlord. <laughs> yep. it's, it's a it's a competitive field there, Warrior. Right. Um, yeah. So the final change, uh, another big change. Uh, Venomancer removed the Plague Ward ability, no longer summons. Uh, added Venomous Gale launches a ball of venom in a line, poisoning enemy units so that they take 25, 50, 100 damage as well as 10, 20, 40 damage every 3 seconds for a duration of 15 seconds. Uh, affected units lose 50% movement speed and 25 attack rate. Uh, mana cost of 100 with cooldown of 10, 8, 6. Um, this sounds interesting. Once again, I have not personally seen this in play, so I'm relying on you guys to tell me if this is good or not. One star Venomancer is useless. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, he gets real. He starts getting really useful at two star. Um, I don't like. They need to make the uh, the negative to attack rate. Um, they need to make that scale as well. I think like twenty five, like thirty five, forty five. Be- and I say this because I and I, again I I draw a direct Dota two comparison. Uh, a fully leveled venomous scale is absolutely catastrophic to get hit by. Like, and it's just his Q. Um, if you get hit by that, you are going to end up taking a lot of damage from the ability itself. And on top of that, you're going to take a lot of damage from Venomancer because he's just going to start dropping wards around you, right-clicking you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you can't get away and you can't turn around and, and fight them because you are severely crippled for like six seven seconds like it lasts a long time and more often than not if you get caught by a gale you're you're dead in dota okay so what does this mean for underlords so, uh, oh uh, yeah go ahead charlie oh just in general i mean i feel like venomancer went from being almost like this damage carry you could rely on especially in the first 20 rounds to just being more of a support unit now um i don't think venomous gale is bad uh, it's something that gets a lot better when he's at two star um, damage wise, uh, but it feels like the most important part is that attack rate debuff with him now. So it's um, and and the damage just isn't in line with what the wards used to do. It's not even a close, especially with right. summoning stone. So yeah, you know he he feels like a worse unit right now, but um, I think he just needs to be played differently. And and if that's all the case is. As uh, you both kind of alluded to earlier, maybe Savage needs to needs a little bit of a rework now, um, just to kind of try and figure out what some of these new units like Tusk and and well not new units but newly changed units without summons like Tusk, Venomancer, and uh, Lycan are going to be in that Savage Alliance. Yep, uh, I'm checking I'm checking something here real quick um, because if I remember correctly, like Venomancer is going to be a lot more positional heavy. Like you've got to actively keep uh, Venomancer in a spot where he's not going to take damage or at least not take too much damage and have maximum effect on his uh, Venom scale. Which, if I if I remember correctly, it has a range of three. Okay. So the 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 glo- the ball of poison spit will will go straight out uh, at a range of three, and you gotta. You, uh, I think like you're gonna have to actively move him around the board to get the maximum effect. You can't just like drop him and you know let him do his thing like you could before. It's it's a unit that you. I feel like you really got to put a lot of effort into squeezing every last bit mm. of effectiveness out of them. Never playing Venomancer now. I do not believe in effort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. That's why I haven't really picked him up. <laughs> just give me Axe, big and tanky. I can just put him in the middle. 
just want to walrus punch people, guys. Put wal yeah, just put tusk next to him, walrus punch people, and put nature's prophet behind him, and I'm good. That that's a play, right? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a team. The the warrior elusive with one druid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds great. Um, anyway, but speaking of alliances, I think uh, Charlie had some stuff to talk about with assassins. Welcome to the pro corner. So, Charlie, Assassins. Yeah, so um, we've just kind of been going through the various alliances in our strategy section. And this week we're going to focus on Assassins. So, Assassins has, uh, I believe, nine, one, two, three, nine. Yeah, nine units. Uh, that yeah. hasn't changed because it used to be a nine alliance. That's right. right? Yep. Uh, they um, are in all varying um, tiers. You know, you've got plenty in tier one, tier two, tier three, and tier four. So, um, plenty of options when you pick assassins. That's always nice. Um, the units, uh, I'll, I'll just go over them very quickly. Uh, Bloodseeker, uh, he's, you know, um, recently changed. So his uh, ultimate is actually a lot more effective and goes off when it's at 20% health. So there's been an uptake in Bloodseeker picks, especially now that he's Deadeye and can kind of pair with, um, uh, pair into the Scrappy Alliance quite well. And uh, we got Bounty Hunter. Which, uh, if you're going into Scrappy, is a yeah. really good pick as well. Yeah, Scrappy Assassin. Um, he's got uh, some nice priority in that um, in that uh, build, and he also contributes uh, with pretty decent damage in the uh, in the early game. Uh, he kind of falls off, and you generally get away from him. But sometimes he sticks around, especially if you find a three star. Uh, Morphling uh, is a primordial assassin. Um, very strong. Uh, Morphling's ability does magic damage. Um, he teleports f after he takes enough damage. You know, uh, he does waveform, and it, it does a lot of splash damage on everything he dashes through. He can basically carry early game comps. He's uh, probably somebody you're looking for pretty heavily if you're if you're trying early game assassins without any real direction. You can kind of use him as a you kind of use him as a uh, tank. Yeah, yeah. He essentially, for all all purposes, is. Uh, kind of the assassin tank. Yeah, he's yep. He's your tanky assassin. Yep. Uh, Queen of Pain uh, brings the damage and an AOE uh, silence uh, or AOE um, nuke that does just yeah. like a ton of damage. It's, it's pretty gross. Um, it's it's nice to have Queen of Pain simply because of the Demon Alliance, especially if you don't have Demon Alliance. If you're going into six assassins, she almost is always in that group of assassins because she it, she just brings in another alliance, therefore bringing more damage. Um, Obviously, if you're in Doom or, or Shadow Shaman or some other demon, uh, you, you probably stay away from Queen of Pain. Yep. Viper is a dragon assassin, and um, as just an assassin, he's a bit lackluster. He's not great on his own. His real strength is getting that dragon alliance unlocked, so you're probably going to want to have a Puck or a Dragon Knight paired with Viper to make him good because once he uh, comes online, he's very... He he's gets this magic resistance that makes him almost like a, another tank... Um, He's maybe not so much a frontline tank, but someone who's very tanky and can sustain a lot of damage and stay on the back lines doing damage back. So uh, he he's just, just someone that gets better with uh, making sure that you're in the um, dragon it's alliance, like my, most of the dragon alliance guys. Also my least favorite assassin. I, yeah. I don't care for Viper. I never used so to pick him much. Against... I've... Go ahead. I, uh, I just so go say <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Willie, go. <laughs> 
He's so good against mages. Like, you get that Dragon Alliance unlocked, and he, he like, a three-star Viper can take out six mages easy. Like, I've, see, I've seen it happen. It, it's it's pretty gross. His, his magic resist gets absolutely absurd when once you get um, Dragon Alliance going. And then you throw something else on him, like a, a hood of Defiance for some extra magic resist, and, like, he will literally just eat mages. Yeah. And then Slark just eats him. <laughs> yes, yeah, Slark is the next one. He's a skilled assassin. Uh, that makes him a nice pair for uh, Slardar or um, Tidehunter. They're generally the two you will pair him with. Um, he's probably the biggest carry. Or he, is he still? And Phantom Assassin are, are pretty close now, I would say. Um, Slark probably still has the edge with Mask of Madness, maybe. Uh, I think definitely at three star um, compared to the three star Phantom Assassin. There's probably an argument though where Phantom Assassin two star is better than Slark two star right now. So the um, one thing with Slark that I always do is whenever he's one star, I have a stupid song stuck in my head, and it's something like "Baby Slark Doo Doo." Okay. <laughs> anyway, God, Shark Man, <laughs> Baby Slark Doo Doo. Anyway, that's the name of the show. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> As I mentioned, a Phantom Assassin, uh, Elusive Assassin, um, one of uh, two or three Elusive Assassins. Uh, two Elusive Assassins, making it pretty easy to go Elusive Assassin. Um, yeah. uh, the other one is Templar Assassin, which is a Tier 4 unit. Templar Assassin recently got a change where she um, adds a additional bolt of damage when she starts attacking, which reduces the armor. Um, and her ability makes her very tanky as well. Um, she's almost like a frontline assassin, somebody who doesn't benefit as much from jumping to the back, um, but you still want her taking damage, though her stuff it in, um, comes online. So and you can almost think of Templar Assassin as your tank, but uh, it, it, not in the traditional sense of tanks. Like you wouldn't put her right on the front line hoping she right. engages the first thing. You probably want uh, Morphling and um, our last unit, Sand King, to be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, both of those units have Sand King Lake Morphling has a uh, ultimate in which he goes underground and slides across and does a bunch of damage and drops aggro from whatever he was fighting. So the idea of making Morphling and Sand King both tanks is essentially they take damage that your tanks don't have to take and then they drop aggro and run away and then the tanks can start taking the damage. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, a pretty straightforward concept, but definitely very important for the uh positioning in assassins and uh particularly sand king and morphling so i i want to go assassins what what would what units would pair best with with a, an assassin comp uh it depends on the road you're going there's a, a few different plans right now essentially you need to know if you're going six assassin or three assassin but uh some common support units um obviously triumph protector he could be that third elusive to complement um phantom assassin and templar assassin to give you elusive bonus um and then when you think tree and protector nowadays you definitely think nature's profit so you're seeing a lot of that getting splashed in with assassin right now uh tide hunter i touched on he's a nice complement to slark and uh making sure you get that um mage bonus on or i'm sorry that scale bonus online to help you fight those mages uh, Puck is probably the better choice, I think, for enabling Viper. So if you plan on doing uh, a Dragon build, Puck also slides into Elusive and Mage. Um, Mage Assassin isn't very common, but uh, you can do kind of a weird primordial, um, you know, like it's dependent on Morphling uh, for the Mage damage, and maybe you splash two Mages in there with that, uh, probably Puck. 
and and obviously uh, like crystal maiden or something that way you can kind of you know go with like three elusive kind of uh dragon thing there um with puck uh lone druid uh lone druid's just good because it's lone druid um if you're in one of the other druids and you want to transition out um i'd say lone druid probably less so now that nature's prophet is a is a much better unit um so that might actually be a little bit of a outdated data there um and then yeah sniper sniper does a very good job in um helping a unit like bloodseeker come online for its dead eye um it also slots right into scrappy scrappy assassin um as i covered last week in the scrappy build uh it's good um so it, it just those uh that makes sniper kind of a, a common choice to to slot in so scrappy assassin uh elusive assassins um yeah. druid assassins druid assassins yeah that's usually got some elusive flash in there um, yeah you can just go straight up scrappy assassin or straight up elusive assassin yep and as i mentioned earlier maybe some kind of weird splash of primordial to try and get like puck and viper together yeah uh so we've gone over um who the assassins are we've gone over uh uh what kind of units kind of pair up with assassins the best but uh we had a question it was either last week or the week before about positioning and the best way yeah. to position. Uh, so what are, wh how would you position your assassins? Because I, so, I believe they position very, very differently than how you would normally do other units. And that's generally true, probably more so than any other alliance. Uh, positioning with assassins is very important. Um, the, the Probably the most second most important thing about a positioning is knowing how to position against assassins. So they're a position-heavy position, position comp. Uh, you want to make sure that you're highest dps are in the back and that they are given the chance to blink um uh, you want them to hope get onto a nice backline unit that uh they're hoping to protect and you just kind of rip them up um with your slarks and your phantom assassins and whatnot uh not to be confused up... with your passion assassins right passion assassin is a much different assassin from a different episode <laughs> um yeah, and uh, basically, yeah, uh, you and as I touched on earlier, you want units that can draw fire and then drop aggro. That would be your Sand King and uh, your, um, your uh, I can't talk tonight, uh, Morphling, I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, uh, and then, you know, after that, it kind of depends on the alliance you're in. If you're scrappy, obviously, you're going to have your scrappy guys up front, like your uh, Tinker and your Clockworks um, and your Alchemist, you know, and then if you're an elusive, you'll probably have... Uh, you know, tree and protector up front, along with anti mage. You know, um, so <laughs> it, it, that that part of the positioning really comes from uh, you know which which comp you're in. But general general rule of thumb, you want your um, AOE, you know, giant splash to be up front and then drop aggro so they teleport to the back. Your big guys teleporting right to the back off the off the jump, and then um, probably uh, Queen of Pain is the one that's most important. Like you generally, she her and uh, Templar Assassin both have a range of three. Uh, so Templar Assassin, you kind of want closer to the front to make sure that, you know, she gets some damage and is able to take advantage of her um, damage soak and the ability to just apply debuffs to enemies that she attacks. But with Queen of Pain, like, she really doesn't have a huge benefit from blank, uh, blinking to the back line. You kind of want to protect her. So I will generally put her around in the second or third row behind um, whatever my tanks are and just hope that she doesn't blink and kind of stay still and gets to get that AOE off a little, a little early and hopefully on a big group of things up on the front line. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we, we've talked a lot about uh, in, in past episodes, we've ranked uh, items and stuff like that gone through, I think all the way through tier three at this point. 
something like that. It was, yeah. it was either yeah. tier yeah, three or tier four. Tier three. Yeah, we've gone through tier three and kind of ranked them. Um, and we we've kind of talked about what items and stuff uh, pair best with what units. Uh, but specifically assassins. Uh, we I've heard you talk about uh, mask of madness on Slark. Uh, yeah. is is a huge thing. Uh, we've talked about blink daggers as being a big thing. What other items? should people be looking for when they're playing assassins um generally you want something that's going to help assassins do their job um which is you know assassinate so uh one of the better items right now is the new target buddy obviously um he can be a frontline tank which assassins are generally sorely lacking and, and hoping to have especially in the early game it helps a lot for keeping that away from your queen of pain um so I'd highly recommend a target buddy for assassins if you can get your hands on one. Also, another great counter um, is Pipe of Insight. Pipe of Insight gives your units that shield they need. Uh, it can be a little tricky positional-wise because of the way that the units blink, but um, if you're having trouble with a particular mage build, especially if you're a frontline-heavy kind of um, uh, build, like a scrappy or whatnot, the Pipe of Insight can be really important for helping you secure that first place in the last few dashes towards the uh, finish line and um, damage and DPS items uh, because they're going to crit. You'll get a little more mileage out of stuff like sacred relic and anything that just adds flat attack damage. Uh, obviously um, any kind of attack speed to units that have high amounts of DPS uh, queen of pains one, you know, uh, sand King can be benefit from having his um, DPS increased as well. Yeah. Uh, but really, yeah, just um, th those items and, and the ones you mentioned, obviously mask of madness, since Slark or um, PA can really just bring the whole comp together. So how about Helm of Undying? I really like that on Bloodseeker. Uh, it allows Bloodseeker to do more damage with his ultimate. He basically at 20% comes online and does the most damage he can. So you get an extra five seconds at max attack speed and damage cap for Bloodseeker. And that can be really strong, especially if you end up finding yourself in a three-star Bloodseeker with uh, Helm of Undying. Yeah. Uh, so... Willie, do you have any questions that you wanted to ask about assassins? I think we've mm -hmm. gone over most of the stuff here at this point. Okay, so yeah, actually, I've got a really specific question. You mentioned uh, that you prefer Puck uh, to activate Viper's Dragonite. Yes. Why? Why? Why Puck over, say, Dragonite? Well, Dragonite uh, is the only other option. I just find it easier generally with Puck um, because. Dragon Knight is someone who needs to come online in a way uh, that he's being sort of built around, and that's generally means he needs a good item, and your assassins are kind of hungry for your items. Puck is fine operating without an item. Slots right into Elusive. Slots right into Mage, if you want to go all that uh, weird Mage kind of primordial thing we had discussed, you know. Whereas Dragon Knight's just kind of the odd man out. A human doesn't bring a lot to the table, nor does uh, the knight side itself. And he's the most coveted unit in knights. So you'll see a lot of players rolling aggre very aggressively for Dragon Knights. Uh, it's still a meta where you generally see two people in knights almost every single game. So I just find it harder to get into. I don't think it's really any sort of... Um, slight against dragon knight it's just easier to do buck most of the time and and puck fits better okay yeah that's all that's all i had yeah. i think that was a pretty good overview of assassins was there anything else that you had charlie or 
Um, no, I, I think I got to everything I wanted to get to. Um, just don't be afraid to go three or six assassin. Just make sure that you know what, uh, and as with most games, don't try to force builds. Just uh, take what comes to you and be familiar with your options when they're presented to you. Awesome. Uh, assassins are one of my favorite things to play, and it, it's been forever. Like, when I started the game, like, I, I almost yeah. always seem to gravitate towards assassins. Uh, maybe <laughs> a little bit less, maybe a little bit less uh, more recently when the meta was really weird for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, but I feel like right now assassins would still be in a really good place. Yeah, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun with elusive assassins. You you get the newly improved Triumph Protector and Nature's Prophet. Anti-Mage is just... He, he's such a jerk in such a wonderful way. Uh, you know, you've got Templar Assassin, Phantom Assassin, um, and then, you know, whatever other Assassin you yeah. want to plug in there with into that group that fits for your third Assassin slot. But it, it just feels good being in an Elusive Assassins right now. It's one of my favorite builds. Yeah, and as I said, Baby Slark is still my all-time favorite unit in the game. I I, <laughs> I love Slark. Slark, I, I don't know why. I just like the way he looks. I like the way that he jumps around the field. I like him just stabbing the hell out of people. Yeah. It's just Slark's just a fun unit. When Slark's winning you the game winning you games, he's like my favorite thing. Yeah. Just like seeing their boards slowly crumble, even though it looks like you were about to lose because three star Slark has like, a mask. It's probably probably the meta that I hated the most and that made me quit playing Assassins for a while is when elusives were too dang good and <laughs> Slark would just sit there stunned forever. Yeah. Just couldn't hit anything. Uh and that dro drove me crazy. <laughs> so yeah good old nine elusives and terrible ah, man those those were not the days um <laughs> so uh we did have another email this week so let's hop over to that you've got mail uh so this week's email uh we got from maku i believe that's how you pronounce his name uh and he says hi guys i want to start off by saying that i'm a big fan of the show and appreciate uh, that what you all contribute to the Underlords community. I've been following the auto battler genre since it arrived and will be interested in your input in regards to what Valve can do to gain ground on other games out there, such as TFT and Grodo Auto Chess. Uh, Underlords is my preferred game by far. I'm concerned with its position in the market when comparing it to other games. Uh, recently, Riot announced that uh, TFT has 33 million monthly players. Uh, this is concerning when you look at uh, Steam charts for Underlord showing about 28,000 daily players with a steady decrease since the beta became available in June. Uh, additionally, TFT has dominated Twitch and has recently announced an official esports league in the works. Uh, Drodo Auto Chess hasn't been a success, hasn't been as successful, but they are having their $1 million tournament, which is uh, brought the game much attention from top Twitch streamers, competitive gamers, and even casual gamers that want to take a shot at a dream. Uh, the Underlords team has uh, not announced any tournament or esports structure, and the competitive scene has been carried by organizations such as Willie's Underlords Pro. Um, I'm hoping that the launch of Season 1 will provide a big boost to the game and get it on track to a strong position against its rivals uh, my questions for you guys are one are you concerned with the current status of underlords in regards to popularity and relevance to the scene uh two what improvements do you think valve can implement to strengthen the game's standing uh thank you for your time and consideration of my email 
for discussion on the show. Keep up the good work. Um, that's a lot to take in, but it's also discussions that we've had. I don't know if we've had it on the show. Maybe we have. I know we've had it between the three of us. Yeah. Um, Willie, I'm going to ask you your thoughts on this because okay, uh, out of anybody, you know Valve the best and you understand probably. you understand Valve the best between the three of us. Okay. So first off, hey, Maku, thanks for the email, bud. Um, he fo We follow each other on, on Twitter, so I uh, wanted to mention that. It, it's great that he's sending us questions. Um, so your first question, yes and no. Um, Yes, because we are seeing a bleed of, of the player base. Um, no, because I think a lot of those players are just doing other stuff right now, and they're waiting for the Underlords to drop. I think a lot of those players are going to come right back as soon as uh, under the Underlords drop. And I think we may be actually looking at a stronger, a stronger product in terms of just how much enjoyment the players are having. Because like, I, I, I like to think we're all really enjoying Underlords. That's why we're here. Um, but like it's hard to predict its relevance because as soon as underlords drops we're looking at an entirely different game it's it's it will have completely separated itself from the other auto battle and to me that's intriguing you know that that keeps me interested rather than well i can just you know like go play a reskinned you know auto chess you know yeah um number 2 release underlords <laughs> um, I really think that's it's not going to be it's not going to be a cure all elixir, but man, it's going to really help them out. Also, they I think they've learned their lessons from Artifact. Um, okay. They came out with a strong push for Artifact, like they announced it at, at an international, right? And everybody was, and everybody was like, "What?" Artifact um, had a ton of hype around it. Yeah, it had. Uh, it, boy, I've never seen something that just die. Right. Still hurts. Um, but I think right now, like, the auto battler genre is really strong. It's not like their Valve was tr trying to get into a late market. They got they got into the auto battler genre pretty quickly. Um, so they're not suffering from, like, I'm going to call it Blizzard Syndrome, where, like, with HOTS, where everyone was like, yeah, that's the number three game, whatever. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, so, strength of the game. And, and like they and, and Valve again. Like, uh, sorry, I I lost my train of thought there for a second. I had to catch it. They need to do a smart marketing campaign. Like you've you've got this free game. You're about to release the auto pass or or the the battle pass for it when season one starts. Announcing some kind of pro circuit or at least an international style event for Underlords would drum up a lot of interest especially if they take the same style of um price pool fundraising that they do with dota where you buy the battle pass it puts x it puts 25 percent of that cost into a price pool and then you can buy like cosmetics and all kinds of stuff and those per those particular purchases will also help increase increase the price pool like I, I have no doubts that if valve released a battle pass and said hey this is going to go you know 25 percent of this is going to go to a price pool for an international style event also you can from the battle pass you can buy special costumes or boards or stuff like that and that you know that will go to the price, you know, 25% of those sales will go to the price pool as well. People will eat it up. Like, I mean, again, look at Dota 2. Like, the price pool, price pools the international get are absolutely insane. Like, it was yeah. like, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, the 
34 million for the total prize pool. Yeah, that's crazy. For 29. Like that's absolutely insane, you know. And if if they did that for Underlords and they got 10% of that, that I I'm not doing the math. Like 3.4 still million. a lot of money. Yeah, that's that's still outclassing everything, you know. Yep. So, and generating player sponsored hype because like if they announce a price pool of like the base price pool of 1.6 million for like for underlords for like an international style event everyone's already going to start looking at it like holy crap there's you know this is 1.6 million you know and it's it's crowdfundable effectively and i get neat stuff in game because of it like people are gonna really get into it like hat lords are a thing in dota like people who just buy skins and resell them like it's it's definitely a thing and people i think that's the one of the one of the better ways that they can go about doing it um and we may see some announcements once when uh, season 1 drops on yeah. on that stuff I, I i won't be surprised if there's not but i also won't be surprised if there is yeah so one thing that i don't like i'm not a big fan of but i understand why people do this and i understand why people fret about it is looking at a game that you enjoy and then going, okay, but my game's not the most popular. The game that I enjoy is not the most popular. How can we make it the most popular? And I understand why they want to do it because they want their friends to play. They want to have more people to play with, right? Because it, it creates a better community. It creates a bigger community. Okay, maybe not better community. It creates a bigger community. Um, <laughs> those don't always align. Um, but you, you, you have more variety, um, it, because the game's doing well, uh, developers are going to be more invested in it, uh, because the, the, the game company is going to be more invested in it because the game's making money, um, which means it changes, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of investment into the game that you enjoy for a very long time. Um, but I don't think this has to be the best. I just think it has to be good enough. And I feel like Dota Underlords is at that point where it's good enough. It could be better. And we're, we're talking about a game that's not even in its full state yet. We're talking about a game that's in beta. It's in open beta. And um, as Willie alluded to earlier, Artifact had a ton of hype behind it. Underlords did not. Hype doesn't always mean the game is going to be successful in the long run. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's about how you deliver. And I think yeah. Underlords, the Underlords team is taking the approach of delivering. And I think that's important. Um, yeah, there's there's already tons more communication. Sorry, sorry. Uh, there's already tons more communication from the Underlords team that there, than there ever was out of the Artifact team. Um, like, it's really refreshing that Valve learned their lesson on in terms of communication with the player base. Yeah. Um, I do think they need to get behind... Um, some kind of an esports scene. To be honest, that doesn't excite me at all. Um, if you listen to Well Met, you hear me snoring whenever they talk about esports over there in esports Hearthstone. <laughs> um, it just doesn't interest me. It really doesn't. But I understand um, how it's esports. I mean, esports is a marketing tool. That's that's literally what it is. It's just a straight up marketing tool um, to get more people to play the game. So it's an important aspect of the game. It's just not a, an aspect that, that I care about. Um, so that doesn't concern me that much either. I, from seeing the changes that they've been making week to week in this game and the commitment that I see from the developers to make the game better and the changes that we know that's coming along, I think the game's going to be in a really good place. 
I think they're going to have a solid game at launch. And um, I think it's one of those things, like if you've ever watched um, Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. I feel like this is the case here. So that's my take on it. Yeah, um, I personally, I'm not really concerned with the status. If if we were in artifact levels of, you know, oh, crap, the boat is sinking. Yeah, I'd be concerned. But Underworlds isn't anywhere near that. So plus it's it's there's no backlash on it, right? Like there's no monetization backlash or, you know, failed delivered hype backlash or anything like that. So I, I think it, it's nothing you have to really worry about right now. Like you're playing a dying game or a dead game or whatever. I, I think that's nonsense. Um, as far as uh, what they can do to implement, uh, what they can do to implement to strengthen the game standing, I would say just, yeah, uh, I just kind of like Willie said simply just get out of beta uh, announce your big announcement bring some new players in bring some new eyes in uh, maybe do like a community stream or something where you, you show off basic aspects of the game to potential new players and whatnot but for the most part uh, I think it's just stay the course yeah and, and another thing that you can do my friend is find all your friends that enjoy underlords or even not and tell them hey I know this podcast maybe you should go listen to it that might get more people into the game. That's a good idea. Yeah. I don't know that podcast name, though. There's probably a good Underlords podcast out there, because it's not this one. Yeah, I think it's called Spicy, <laughs> an Underlords podcast. Yeah. Something There's the like one Sunspan does. Yeah, yeah the, the Dota Underlords podcast. Go listen to that one, because yeah. that's that's a good one. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and you guys are live, but I'm actually probably being, I'm being serious. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, oh geez, that was really loud. We should probably get out of here, though. Um, yeah, but if you do, if you do think we're a really good show, um, or even just a mediocre show, it doesn't matter. If you listen to the show uh, and you want to help us out, uh, podcast reviews are the way to do it. Uh, that's that's how you can uh, that's how we can get out there, get heard by. A few more people maybe help uh, help build this Underlords community, um, which honestly has been a great community to be a part of. Um, yeah. I, I've I've been loving it. So, sure. uh, way that you do that is just head over to like Apple Podcasts or iTunes or something like that, leave a review, and if you do, we'll read it on next week's show. Uh, also, with that email uh, that we just read, uh, we love getting your emails. We've been very lucky extremely lucky to get an email almost every single episode um so we will we'll definitely read them we'll we'll uh, uh and if you want to do that just uh yo underlords at gmail.com is where you do that so uh thanks maku for uh sending yours in this week and uh if, you, if anybody else is listening to the show and has an idea or something or or want us to discuss something just email it our our way at uh, younderlords at gmail.com. All right. So, shout out to how can people get in contact with you, uh, Charlie? Uh, follow me on Twitter at BalrockBandBP, and uh, you can never see me uh, streaming at twitch.tv slash BalrockBand. All right. <laughs> I, I loved that. That was great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zexorus. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv Zexorus. I figured out how to 
use virtual audio cables, so I should be streaming a lot more now. Um, you can check, well, I'm not casting this week on UPL. I'm doing admin work on the backside, but you can catch Robin Roll, Blue Sapphire, and Tin Man. Um, you may know him from his video guides. He will be casting this Saturday starting 1 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash underlords pro. And that's it for me. Where can people find you, JR? Uh, people can find me over on Twitter at Eldorian. And uh, as I said earlier in the show, uh, all of us will probably tweet out a Discord link uh, so you can come and hang out with us in the Discord channel. Um, you know what I would love to do? If you come join us on the Discord channel, I would love to get some games in where we have eight people from the community all playing. That would be a lot of fun. Just get a private lobby going and just let's play some Underlords. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's, that, that would be amazing. Uh, so anyway, thanks for joining us for episode seven of Yo! and Underlords podcast. Uh, you can tweet us at podcast yo or email us at uh, younderlords at gmail.com with comments, questions, and ideas that you have for the show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.